Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. At an event one night, whilst working in property and feeling quite underwhelmed by the canapes, Lily Simpson decided she could do better. Six months later, in 2011, she set up her own catering company, Lily's Lovely Bites, when a friend asked her to cook and deliver healthy food to her door. She spotted a gap in the market for a company that did just that, and the Detox Kitchen was born. Since then, it's safe to say that like all successful entrepreneurs, she hasn't sat still, and has gone on to write the highly acclaimed Detox Kitchen Bible, open three delis, and built a food delivery business which now offers eight different packages and is loved by the likes of Gwyneth Paltrow, Al McPherson, Suki Waterhouse, even Michael McIntyre and Will Farrell, I'm told, which is quite a list. Hello, I'm Georgie Corridge-Cole, the founder of Sheerlux.com, and welcome to Sheerlux Success Stories, where we delve into the stories behind some of the most successful entrepreneurs and careers we've seen. A very warm welcome, Lily. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. I read that after university you went into property and it was there whilst you were at a drinks party eating boring canapes that you had the idea of starting your own catering company. Is that how it all started? That is how it all started, yeah. So I have always wanted to start my own company and I was working in property, had been working in property for four years um, and wasn't particularly enjoying it, um, didn't feel particularly fulfilled I suppose in my role and um, we were doing some launch events and the catering was, was pretty poor and I knew that I could probably do better, so I literally just asked my boss if I could cater on the side. He said yes, and um, and it kind of just started from there. I started catering for them, and then kind oh, of was it healthy catering? It wasn't. No, it was. I guess my kind of point of difference then was that I just wanted everything to look really beautiful. Um, I just remember these canapes coming out, and they were kind of on um, you know white spread with a kind of bit of salmon on top and you know a sprig of dill, and I just thought they looked pretty boring. Um, and and I feel like I've coined putting flowers on stuff, but I definitely <laughs> haven't. I'm going to say I have. Um, yeah, so I just literally Someone's put... Someone's got a cane. I, I mean, yeah, I put flowers on everything. I mean, and I just wanted everything to look really beautiful. And it kind of it, it kind of went noticed, I suppose. You know, people um, really loved the look of the food and then the taste was kind of at the centre. Actually, I always remember, I think there was a healthy twist. There wasn't supposed to be, but um, one of my favourite canapes was, it was a phyllo basket with edamame beans in it. Mm, and I don't even know where I got, like edamame beans, I don't think were kind of, kind of a craze back then. But um, yeah, so I was kind of on the edge of... The I, think, I think we probably had. Did we, I think we had Yo Sushi then. Edamame yes. beans—they were definitely around. <laughs> I was definitely eating them in 2011. So you launched. It was Lily's Lovely Bites. Yeah. You obviously left your job in property yeah. and did it full time. Yeah. I then read that a friend asked you to make her healthy meals. Uh, was it so that she could lose weight? What was the reason? Why did she want you to make these healthy so meals? So she had actually just had a baby, um, and she had tried a couple of um, sort of diet delivery companies. But back then, I feel like the market was quite calorie led so it wasn't necessarily about enjoyment that you would get from food it was much more about you know this is 1500 calories and you will lose weight if you eat it and for me I just wanted to deliver her food that she would really love you know I knew that she just had a baby she was pretty tired um, and so I just made her really delicious food that happened to be pretty pretty healthy and she loved it and you know wanted me to carry on spoke to some of her friends and I guess that's really how the idea was born so that was the sort of eureka moment was yeah, it definitely yeah so did you shut down Lily's lovely bites 
I kind of, I think it, I was in a good position in the sense I had lots of regular customers, um, actually who, some who are still our customers today. So we were catering for Bobby Brown back then. So I think Bobby Brown was probably one of my first non-property. Wow, how catering. did you get Bobby Brown as a customer? How I did you build your customer base back then? I literally just emailed, cold called um, and sent lots of samples. Um, I remember, because obviously Estee Lauder had you know, a couple of brands underneath them. So mm-hmm. it was pretty easy to get in front of lots of different brands. And yeah, so I just sort of go in, speak to the team. And then, you know, you ha- had to do a couple of things for free back then. Um, but it kind of paid off. I mean, Bobby Brown have been our client for, for seven years now. Really? Um, and when you say they've been our client, what do you do for them on an ongoing basis? So many different things. We'll cater, um, we'll cater for events, press launches, client lunches, lots of different things, you know, whatever they might need. And actually Estee Lauder now, our deli is right next door to Estee Lauder. Um, so they're, you know, we continue to cater for all of their brands that sit under them which is good lucky them lucky them having a detox kitchen right next door we didn't have that luxury sadly (laughs) so you decided to launch the detox kitchen where did the name come from was detoxing at the center of this was it just a good name how did you come up with that good question i basically um i didn't really think about it when i started it to be honest it was really a um you know i think it's really interesting looking back um because I, from the moment that I delivered to my friend to the moment I actually launched the website was a period of about six weeks. So it was super, super quick. I love that you're my kind of woman. Just yeah, it was. It. I mean, I wish I could go back into that kind of mentality now where, you know, everything, you're on your own, you can just get it done. You know, it was 18 hour days and it was really exciting. Um, but where the name kind of came in is I wanted the food to be made completely from scratch using really good quality ingredients. And I, I felt like what was happening with the food industry was um, no one was really sure what healthy food was anymore. You know, we, we would eat kind of brown bread instead but really what does that mean Mm. um and so for me i just wanted to cut out the most overly processed foods so them being wheat dairy and refined sugar and no kind of stage was i like you should completely eradicate these from your diet but i knew that they were you can get those products anyway you know you can get really sugary products you can get loads of wheat products you can get um you know loads of dairy products so i wanted to create something that was harder to get that people needed in their life and so the word detox kind of was my version of detoxing from the the rubbish that is in our food already, not necessarily the reaction that it has in your body. You know, okay. I think the whole, you know, I'm not a nutritionist. I guess my point was much more, this is food that you can completely rely on. It's not going to be full of preservatives, additives. It's just made from scratch and it will help your body to naturally detoxify. Looking back now, I think, you know, the name has always, always been a kind of a bit of a niggle for me because it's been amazing in that it's totally set us apart from our competitors. You know, it's a very bold name with a bold claim. Um, and that's really helped us along. But at the same time, it is such a bold claim. You know, it's constantly should, you know, does detox um, kind of stack up, doesn't it? You know, we're always coming up against that question. Um, but I think I'm glad that I've kept the name. And it makes it quite clear for the customer, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you mentioned doing it on your own. Did you ever think about having a business partner? I'm kind of glad I didn't have a business partner, only because I, you know, you're working 18-hour shifts. Um, it's absolutely non-stop. And, you know, you're 100% committed to what you've got to do. And also, I'm not the best communicator. You know, everything in those early days was in my head. I knew what I had to do, and I just had to get it done. Um, so I think, for me, it was probably the right decision. Now, I have what I would call a business partner in the sense of one of the first people that I employed about 18 months after I started the Sots Kitchen was a girl called Harriet. Um, she's now um, kind of joint managing director. So in a way, she's my business partner. So so you have someone to bounce it all off. Yeah, exactly. Bounce Definitely. ideas off. And how did you fund it initially? What did you need to get it off the ground? 
so I literally started detox um, and I had an overdraft in my account. I had not a penny to my name. And I think that kind of was really good in a way because I had to do everything on such a shoestring. Um, I had to test the market. I had to make sure that it that it worked. I got a, a small loan from HSBC, which was personally guaranteed, which apparently you should never personally guarantee anything. But anyway, yes, I <laughs> but um, I paid it off within six months. Um, and it was actually a really good decision because it meant I had that financial pressure. You know, I'd never taken a, it was, you know, 10,000 pounds to me was a massive amount, a massive risk. Um, but I think I needed that to really justify those 18 hour days. So you got your 10,000 pound loan and you officially launched the Detox Kitchen in 2012. Yep. What did you need to launch it? A website, a kitchen, a brand? Was that was that it? Was it that simple? Yeah, pretty much. I um, uh, It's actually funny looking back at my original logo, which was, so I downloaded uh, InDesign because I obviously couldn't afford to get someone to do any branding for me. And I created my own logo, which is, looking, I just cringe when I look back at it. <laughs> yeah, but, I, you know, it's after purpose. Um, I got the website up and running. I think it cost me four grand to do the website um, because it was quite a complex website. You know, it's an e-commerce site. And I had a kitchen because I was um, had my catering company. So I was kind of set up pretty much um, to roll it out fairly quickly. And how did it go? Did it go well from day one? I mean, from what I've read, it's seems like quite a straightforward journey I, I mean is it ever straightforward was it straightforward it probably didn't feel it at the time or maybe I, it did yeah I guess the early days were pretty straightforward um and it definitely hasn't been straightforward the whole the whole way through but I think in the early days the reason it was so straightforward is because it was just me you know I I, I did every single aspect of the business um you know one of the hardest things I think operationally was that we were delivering between three to seven a.m so I was the one getting up at three o'clock doing all the deliveries wow. making all the food and then delivering it but you know it's I didn't find it stressful or tiring at all. It was so exciting because every day I would wake up to my emails to see that someone else had placed an order, someone that I didn't know. Or I always remember in the early days, we, um, for some reason, we had a celebrity following super quick. And people are like, oh, you must know all of these celebrities. And I, and I really don't. I mean, I'm the least well-connected person you'll ever meet. Um, and it just was really organic. I remember waking up and looked at our orders and Lily Allen had placed an order. And I was like, is that actually Lily Allen? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> and she had placed an order for her husband or boyfriend at the time. So it was the same Lily and I was like this is unbelievable and it was you know it's things like that that kind of just drive you on and did yeah. you have competitors then do you think it's because there was nothing on the market were you the first um, I don't think we were the first we definitely had competitors um, and that market was uh, I, I, there weren't a lot of competitors um, but the market was definitely growing so I think kind of within that space there were probably four or five um, but I feel like no one was doing what we were doing which was kind of transforming the idea and the concept of diet food um, you know, a lot of it was calorie controlled. Most of the packages were kind of very much weight loss led. Um, and that's something that we've never, ever been. So that really was where the gap was. And that's what we focused on. And do you think that's what's enabled you to be where you are now? I mean, it seems like those core values haven't changed. And that's still very much what you're about. Is there, is there anything else that you did in those early days that you think has had a real impact on, on your success now? Um, I think it's a combination of things. Um, I definitely think for me it was just focusing on the quality of the product and customer service. Um, that was just the absolute focus. It was, you know, we were lucky enough. I think, you know, people often ask me about kind of the, the marketing and the PR side of things. But, you know, I think that came because the focus was on the product. So I knew that if I sent the product to any kind of journalists or any celebrities or, you know, any influencers, um, that they would love it and they would talk about it. And that it would speak so for it was, itself. Exactly. So mm -hmm. it was much more organic in that sense. Two years later, in 2014, you open your first deli. To me, that sounds like quite a terrifying prospect. I mean, it's one thing getting individual people to order, but you need quite a lot of people through the door to make a deli profitable. Were you terrified by that? No, I wasn't. I probably should have been, but um, 
again, in those early days, I just I was just kind of going for it. I wasn't really thinking that much. Why Delhi? How did you get to that being the right thing to do next? So six months before we opened um, our Soho Delhi, we were um, we had a conversation with Harvey Nichols, um, and I was praying that they would stock our muesli. Um, when I had the meeting with them, they actually wanted me to open a concession there. So that was our first kind of step into having a deli. So it was never really in, in the um, pipeline, I suppose. It was just they asked me to open a concession. When Harvey Nichols asks you to open a concession, you say yes, and then you work out how you're going to do it. And I think from the, the initial meetings, speaking to them, within honestly, within four weeks, we had to have opened this concession. So it was just a case of saying yes, 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 and then working out how to do it. And that was the kind of first step into having... Um, kind of bricks and mortar, I suppose. And that was really successful. And that was products. You mentioned Muesli. You'd also developed your own brand product. I developed my own brand product for that meeting specifically. So right. someone introduced me to Harvey Nichols. They asked me to week, meet the next week, and I was like, uh, what are we going to say to Harvey Nichols? Um, I know, we'll create a muesli and try and sell it. In a them. week. We're going to create a, a muesli in yeah. a week. I mean, I literally just made it in my kitchen, put it in a cellophane bag, put a sticker on it, and, and rocked up with that. So you didn't have any proper packaging? Oh, no, I had nothing. I still actually don't have proper packaging for my muesli. Oh. <laughs> I think it's still in the same old bag. But yeah, so when we spoke to them and, and, you know, they had much bigger kind of ambitions for us, that was really exciting. And actually, I think that was the first thing for me where I was like, you know, people are really responding very well to, to our brand um, and to our values. Also, having a brand like Harvey Nichols behind you just kind of really ele- elevated us. Um, and that's kind of why we push forward, I guess, mm. um, where some of our competitors might not have done. And when you say you push forward to opening the deli in Soho? Yeah, so that was actually slightly different. Even um, having had, you know, we were, had the concession at Harvey Nichols, it was going really well. Um, and then just one by chance, one day I walked past the site in Kingley. There was no plan whatsoever to open a deli. I really didn't think that um, that was the way that we would grow our business. I wanted to keep it online. Um, it's probably where I felt a lot more comfortable. Um, but I walked past this site and it was a shirt shop that was closing down. It was a um, lovely corner unit and I, something just happened. I walked into the shirt shop and there were two men there and I was like, oh, I'm looking for a shirt for my husband while sort of eyeing up <laughs> what was going on there. And I just completely fell in love with it. You just knew. Yeah, I just knew. And so obviously having been in property, I knew that most of Soho was run by Shaftesbury, the landlord. So I just contacted them directly, said that I'd seen the unit. They were like, yeah, the shop's shutting in a week and we're looking for someone new to go in. So um, yeah, I contacted them. And again, like super quick turnaround. I think within sort of two to three months, we had opened the site. And I remember talking wow, to my friends. Wow, two to three months? Yeah, it was, it was really, really quick. Only because we were given um, a rent-free period. And, and how did you, where did you get the money to open a deli? I mean, Soho, Shaftesbury, that sounds like expensive business to me. Yeah, how did you make that well, happen? that was actually just um, from profits in the company. But we did it on a real Profits in the food delivery business. Yeah, yeah. So we were, you know, in the early days, our the great thing about our business was we were profitable from day one. So we had really good cash flow. Um, and so we had money in the business that I could open a deli with, which was great. Um, and you had no other investors? No you were 100% investors shareholder? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we kind of, it was funny because I spoke to so many people and everyone said, don't go, don't open a deli on Kingley Street. It's a back street. No one will go there. Um, at that point, um, Kingley Court was still kind of very odd mix of retail um it wasn't really a hub of restaurants as it is today it was um a lot of fashion retailers you paved the way yeah well um i did i mean i i would like to say i completely called that but having had conversations with Shaftesbury, i knew it was coming and i knew that that's what they were trying to do they want they wanted to transform it into this kind of restaurant hub and um so yeah it was a really exciting time for us and i mean that site you know i remember the first day of opening and i, and I felt like most people thought it was going to be an absolute flop and I never thought that for once, apart from on the opening day morning where I was like, wow, everything I have is invested in this working. Um, and there was 
from 11 o'clock until 3 o'clock, there was a queue out the door. And and it was just why? That. How do you get a queue out the door? I honestly the don't know. I think we just, you know, there's lots of um, emailing lots of kind of local businesses, speaking to lots of friends, obviously, to come down. I guess the thing with Soho is that I've, I've worked in Soho quite a lot um, and I know the area quite well. So I felt like I knew, I probably knew 10 or 20 businesses. So we contacted all of them. We put an offer on. Um, and yeah, I guess we've never really looked back on, on that, which is amazing. Been... How easy is running a deli? Not easy at all. And I've only <laughs> learned that. Do you know what? It's really funny, actually, because I, up until probably the last two years, I've been like, this running a business thing is so easy. Like, why doesn't everyone do this? Um, and I think the early days when you're, when you're doing a lot of it kind of in a really small team is much easier. And as soon as you start growing, that's when it starts to become really difficult. Mm. And also, for, you know, first sight, super lucky, great location. Um, and you know everything goes smoothly and then you know as you start expanding you know you have to be so clear on what your vision is because everyone in the company needs to understand that and mm-hmm. do the same thing so operationally running a deli business is a lot harder than our e-commerce business it's kind of a dream though isn't it it's, yeah. it's good to hear that i mean so many so many people say their dream is just to open a little deli mm. and i mean it's not just a little deli is it no. it's managing staff yeah. it's retail it's yeah so many things did you ever work in the deli yourself? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I worked in Kingley. I think maybe for the first three months I worked behind the tills, just trying to understand it. I mean, Harvey Nichols, when we opened that, I did, you know, I think I had two members of staff, so the rest of the time I was doing, um, running the concession. So, yeah, it was really important for me. I think I've, it's always been important for me to do every single role because mm-hmm. before I've employed someone, I've done the role. So mm-hmm. I then know exactly what they need to do. And, and what you expect of them. And exactly. Um, even today, you know, if we employ new people, I always make sure that I've done that role before so I have a really good understanding of yeah. Yes. I always think until there's precedent, you need to do it yourself. Yeah, definitely. And once you've got some precedent, then yeah. you can delegate it, but you can't delegate what you yeah. don't know. Even now, I sometimes jump on the tills. If I like, you know, see that there's too many customers and that the services sell, I'll just jump on. And so. um, what do you think's made your delis successful? Is it the brand name? Is it the food? Is it the sites? Why, why are they so popular? Um, I would like to think that it's the product. Um, I think it's a really, you know, fresh, healthy food is a really difficult product to make um, because it's on a 24-hour cycle. Um, it's expensive to make it. The margins are tight. Um, so if you're going to do it, you have to absolutely love it. And, um, you know, we make a, a huge amount of food. I think we've, on our, on our delis alone, we're feeding about a 1,000 people a day. So it's a lot of food that we're are, creating. Are they, are they regulars? Is it a, is it a lunch? What's the average spend for lunch? At our average spend is about 8.50. Okay. Um, and... The customer base is pretty regular um, across all the delis, actually. I think with it, kind of, I guess the sites that we've picked, you know, we're not really sort of touristy areas or um, sort of transient areas. They're much more kind of office yes. market. You've got to know where you're going. Yeah, you're exactly. Going to buy your lunch. Yeah. It's a very important decision. You don't want to get it wrong. Right. <laughs> so the deli was going well. And in 2015, you published the Detox Kitchen Bible, which is an incredible book. People rave about your book. Why book? How did that happen? My agent, who is my agent today, um, contacted me. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Probably about a year into launching t Kitchen and said she would love to talk to me. So I went along, met her, put together this kind of scrappy book. I mean, literally, I um, got loads of photos, stuck them on brown paper, scribbled down some recipes, took it along, um, fell in love with her. She's called Dory. She's amazing. And um, and she was like, I think this could this could be great. And so we, we just toddled along to meet lots of um, different publishers, met Bloomsbury, loved them, all-female team. Um, and... Yeah, again, it was that kind of really strange thing of like, I hadn't really planned for it, just went to these meetings. You know, we got a lot of offers on the table from lots of different publishers and made our decision. And then it kind of just went from there. I totally underestimated how difficult it was to write a book. Um, and I think for me, the really important thing with this book was that, you know, I know I'm not a nutritionist. I, I, I know a little bit about nutrition, but I really wanted the book to, you know, be a Bible about what we should be eating um, and why and the things that we shouldn't necessarily be eating. So we teamed up with um, Rob Hobson, the nutritionist. And I think actually that's what makes the book really special is that um, it's got kind of real conviction in the book. And that was a real reason why I wanted to go with Bloomsbury because they produce very beautiful books and a lot of work goes into making what looks like a really simple straightforward book um so yeah I'm really proud of what we've created there what do you do anymore I am doing I've just finished writing my second one the pain I don't know why I'm writing a second one um (laughs) because oh well you've done it now (laughs) I've done it now um luckily my husband didn't divorce me but I think it was probably on the cards um yeah so we've I've actually written this one by myself um it's vegetarian because I went vegetarian a year ago and so it's 150 recipes um all vegetarian um which is really exciting because um I definitely don't make my life easy so it's wheat dairy refined sugar free and vegetarian which sounds really um wow Boring. <laughs> yeah, it sounds really boring, um, but it's totally not boring. Yeah, I'm just really proud of the recipes. And actually, they are recipes that I genuinely cook every, every day. Um, so, yeah. Well, I'm sure if anyone can make it not boring, then it's you. Put lots of edible flowers on it. Yeah, well, actually, your uncle. Yeah, I have. Are they allowed? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and what's the purpose of a book? Someone said to me once, oh, I thought I was going to make lots of money from writing a book. I realised you don't make any money writing books. This is a PR exercise. Would you agree with that? Have you made money from the Detox Kitchen Bible? Um... I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with that. I think I have made more, probably more money than I thought I would. Um, but it's not, you know, for the amount of work that you put in, it's kind of, you know, okay pay, basically. Um, I think it's definitely to do with brand, um, I guess brand presence. Um, credibility It's credibility, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. For me, I guess my, my mission always has been to get more people to eat healthy food. And what the book really does is allows more people beyond London to kind of have a part of Detox Kitchen. So, mm-hmm. you know, we sell the book around the world. It's been published in, I think, seven different languages. So for me, that's the most exciting thing about the book. You know, we get feedback all the time from customers in lots of different countries saying how much they're enjoying doing the recipes. So, you know, I think that's probably the best thing about it. Yeah. And I guess the media exposure and the opportunities it gives you, which in turn are so beneficial for the other sides of the business. I read that in 2016, you secured a two million investment from Encore Capital. Yeah. Was that before opening Delhi number two, Delhi number three? Was that the purpose of the fundraising? So that was midway through opening Delhi number two. And had um, you done no fundraising up until that point? You'd paid back your ten thousand pound loan. Yep. And then I had 
two angel investors at that point. So we did a massive refurbishment of a kitchen. So I moved from one kitchen to our own big kitchen. Um, so that's a 3,000 square foot kitchen in Battersea. Um, and so we got angel investors to fund that. Um, but it was a really small amount. Um, I think it was about 35,000. The rest was funded through profits from the company. Um, and I really wanted to open our second deli from profits from the company, but it was becoming very tight. Um, I think I had uh, thought that every, you know, when I opened Kingly, it was, you know, I really did it on a shoestring, but I could do it on a shoestring because it was a tiny 300 square foot site. Um, Mortimer Street is 2,000 square feet, so um, was quite significantly more to open. Um, and I underestimated that, I think. So yeah, we raised um, money from Encore to do to kind of fund the, the second half of that um, and then for growth. And how did you find Encore? Did they find you? Did you find them? Was it an, was it an easy process? Um, yeah, so they found us. They actually found us because we had um, hoarding on Mortimer Street and their office was just opposite. So they knew the brand from Kingley Street and contacted us. At that point, I was actually talking to lots of angel investors and private equity. So I'd met with quite a lot of different companies. But um, yeah, I really felt like they kind of understood the brand. And so... Yeah, it was a fairly easy process. Um, I think, you know, it's not my, it, it wasn't the most fun process. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of due diligence that goes in um, to things like really that. So it's really time consuming, exactly. Um, and it really kind of diverted my attention from what I really love doing, which is being in the kitchen and doing the kind of creative side of the business. So that was pretty tough, but... Um, but it enabled you to open two more sites. Exactly. And, and has, the, has the business changed? Do you feel the business is different? Do you find it a different business to run now that you've got investors of that kind of scale? Um, I don't think I find it a different business to run necessarily. Yeah, I guess what money allows you to do is have um, time to think and look, look at the business um, and kind of work out where you want to take the business next. Because I think in my mind, I was like, let's open loads of delis because you know I think there's a massive demand for it. Um, but actually, what I realized was our e-commerce business was being operationally is very straightforward. You know, it runs incredibly well. Um, and when you and say e-commerce, you're talking about your food delivery business. Yeah, I just, yeah, so it's more online. So for us, in terms of kind of the operational side of that, that business, um, you know, people order online, their food is made to order, and then it's delivered to their door. So it's really quite straightforward. Um, you know, we have customer services team that look after that side of the business. But it's always just kind of floated along. And I've never really believed that the market is big enough um, scale to, to scale to, it. Yeah. Whereas I looked at the delis and I was like, this is scalable. This is really exciting. We can open 10 delis in three years. How amazing. Um, but that was before I kind of really understood the operational pull of the delis and how difficult it is to kind of, um, mm. you know, one is fine, two is okay, three is suddenly a team of 30 just on the delis. And so you had Kingney, you had Mortimer. Mm-hmm. The third one is? The third is um, Bernard Street, which is which opened this last year. So, yeah, we kind of really assessed the business. And I think going forward, the really exciting part of the business for us is our e-commerce um, and how we're going to grow that. Um, what percentage of your turnover is food delivery versus the deli? So the food delivery is probably 60% of the business. And then the delis account for the rest. But a lot more profitable. But a lot more profitable, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and when you look at it like that, I know. Why would you add to the exactly. headache of even more sites? Exactly. Yeah. You're the name that everyone knows. You know, this is quite a cluttered market now. Why do you think that is? What? Why do you stand out? Is it a time thing? Is it because you were before a lot of them? Is it your product? I mean, how do you stand out as a business against your competitors? Um, I think it's really our product mix, to be honest. Um, you know, we do have the delis, we have um, the online business, we have, we're stocked in Selfridges, we're stocked in Planet Organic. And I think all of those things together um, kind of just justify the brand a lot more. So mm-hmm. there are so many touch points where someone can, and the book as well, you know, we have kind of 
so many different places that people can touch and feel and use our brand. Um, I think that really does set us apart. Um, but then it's also risky from a business operation, kind of from the operational side of the business, to have so many different avenues. Mm. Um, you know, it's really important that everything we do has our absolute focus. Mm. But how can that be if you have so many different yes. areas of the business? Yeah. Um, but you do need some element of kind of cut through, don't you? Yeah, definitely. Mm. And I think again, like you know, having assessed the business recently, it's like, well, actually, the delis are great. You know, we have three to four hundred people coming through our doors at each deli, um, eating our product, kind of engaging with each other. You know, we've created these kind of communities, which has kind of been the underlying thing that we've wanted to do. You know, we want people to talk about healthy food more. We want people to enjoy it more. We want it to be social. Um, and that's kind of, I think we've achieved that. And that's probably why our brand is, is doing well. And what have been the biggest challenges in the last five, six, seven years for you in this business? Um, I think the biggest challenges for me are going from being a fairly creative person to having to be a real kind of business head, um, which I love. I mean, probably my, my favorite thing in the world is problem solving. You know. I, that's what I thrive on, I suppose. Um, so in that sense, um, I guess the hardest thing has been when I'm not doing any of that. You know, when I'm putting together business plans and looking at projections, um, that, you know, that has definitely been quite time consuming, um, but something that I've wanted to do. So um, I think letting go has been pretty hard. Um, you know, I think when you have such a strong vision for something, um, yeah, getting people on board with your vision and, and getting them to care as much as you do has been, you know, pretty hard. Um, I think I definitely underestimated what having a big team meant. You know, it sounds so exciting. It's like, you know, having 50 members of staff. If someone had told me that seven years ago, I would have laughed and been like, absolutely no way am I going to get to that point. But then when you're there, it's, you know, day to day. You know, I have in our head office, we've got a, quite a small team of six people who I meet, you know, every single day we have a catch up. Mm. You know, it's almost half my day gone just mm. and kind of catching up with everyone and making sure that everyone is kind of knows what they're doing and mm. is fulfilling the ultimate vision. So, yeah, that's quite difficult. I think it's so true, isn't it? People often say, how many people do you employ? And mm. you answer them, they say, oh, wow. And I think that doesn't equate to success. That no, just equates to a very big salary cost yeah. base. Yeah, um, definitely. And what do you think are your own qualities that have allowed you this success, this journey? Well, it's a funny one, actually, because I am... One thing that I'm probably not very good at is managing people. Um, and that's the one thing that I'm really, really trying to get much better at. But having said that, the reason I'm probably not very good at managing people is because I care too much about people. And so I never want to upset anyone, and I want to make sure that they're so motivated that they just want to do their job really well. And so it's kind of a really good quality to have, but also not, not a great quality. Mm. And it's finding that balance, which is incredibly difficult. And, and that balance is what makes the best leaders in the world. Mm. Um, so I'm reading some books. <laughs> I'm reading One Minute Manager, which is pretty good. Ooh. Well, I said I'm reading it. I've read it. It's, um, it's 30 pages, so okay, right, that. right. I'm, I'm up for that. <laughs> and and I think also listening to my gut, I think going back to kind of a question you asked before about what's been the most difficult thing is I've always listened to my gut, always, you know, I think it's not necessarily just gut instinct, it's, you know, that's, your reasoning comes from what you know, from understanding your customers, from understanding your brand, from understanding the market, and your instinct makes decisions based on all of the information that you have. Um, and I think when your company grows, it's really difficult to keep relying on that instinct. Um, and... So I probably lost that last year, I would have thought, um, you know, where everything comes a bit more on a spreadsheet and you mm. have to really delve into mm. all of that side of things. So, yeah. And have there been moments or a moment where you've thought, right, this is it now, where you've really felt like you're on something? Yeah, there, there have definitely been moments. I think to pinpoint a couple throughout the last five years, you know, opening the first deli was definitely one of those moments and probably publishing the book, you know, the amount of kind of press coverage we got and the spike that we saw in sales across the whole business from that was amazing. And then recently, 
um, I think the most pivotal moment was me having time to sit back and say, actually, I really want to focus on the home delivery side of our business and grow that. Um, and so we recruited someone to um, a sort of new business development person who's going to focus predominantly on that and focus on online digital marketing, which has been a huge success. I mean, so much. I completely underestimated it. We've only started doing it in the last six months, and it's just been it's definitely a pivotal point in um on the, with the online side of the business. But it's things like that. I think the pivotal points really are seen when you employ the right people who can really do the jobs that you need them to do. And yeah, we've definitely seen this with, with the person we've just employed, which is exciting. And, and what does the team look like? So you have, you said around 30 people across three delis. Yes. And yeah. running the other side of the business? So then we have a team of 15 chefs. So that's run by a head chef and then two sous chefs who run, one runs the delivery side of the business, one runs the delis. And then underneath them, they have all of their commie chefs. Our head office is six people. So that's kind of split between myself, um, Harriet, who's another director, um, Caroline, who's our head of business development, and then um, three sort of junior team, mainly on customer service. And yeah, so it's a pretty lean head office team. It's more the kind of staff that are on the ground, you know, in the kitchens and at the delis that kind of make up the, the main team. So you're pretty busy day to day, but you've managed to have how many children? Two children. <laughs> Does having your own business give you freedom? What's your answer to that? Um, it really doesn't, actually. Um, I think I thought that it would, but you know, I know when people say that their business is their baby is so cringe, but it's totally true. You know, I I had Finley when I had just published um, Detox Kitchen Bible, and we did a book tour. So I literally took him with me. Um, I took him all around Europe. Um, I took my mum actually as well. <laughs> so I kind of tried to incorporate it into into my you know, work life. Um, and that kind of worked okay. I think at that point, the, you know, we didn't have investors. So there wasn't as much pressure to, to perform. I knew I had to still grow the business. I wanted to still grow the business, but um, I was letting it be a little bit more organic. Then, so interestingly, with when I got my investment through for Encore, the, the day that I did the deal with Encore was the day that I found out I was pregnant with my second child. Um, <laughs> so that was kind of an interesting day. Um, but luckily, happy day. it was a really happy day. Yeah, it was really exciting. Um, mixed emotions, I think. And that's been really difficult, actually, managing managing children and, and work. Um, I wish I could sit here and say I've nailed it. And I definitely haven't. Um, you know, I, I work full time. I work from eight in the morning until six at night. I don't see my children very often. It's pretty painful. Um, but it's, you know, the compromise that I'm willing to pay in the short term to give them the life that I want in the long term. Um, Sometimes I do question whether I'm getting it right. You know, I look at um, I look at people who are traveling the world with their children at such a young age, and it's really, you know, I'm like, what am I doing? I'm sat here, like, stressing about food and whatever else um, when I could be off in Australia surfing. Oh, wow. <laughs> you're, you're inspiring them to grow yeah, up and hopefully. work hard, and I think that's a pretty amazing message we can pass on to our children I certainly yeah. I certainly and I think they get it actually yeah um, I, I think they do but I yeah hope. I'm with you it's not easy. <laughs> do you have a mentor I don't really have a mentor actually I have lots of people that I speak to so if um if stuff is going well or if it's not I will always go for a coffee with a kind of handful of people that I really whose opinions I really value um they're generally all women <laughs> funnily enough um but there are a couple I mean you know I think for me I'm so determined in my vision that what I really need is for people to advise me on the things I'm not very good at. So it's much more a case of, you know, with raising investment, there are a couple of people that really kind of mentored me through that whole process, which definitely helped. Um, and then, you know, on the rebranding, I spoke to someone that I love who who's kind of understands all that side of things. So it's definitely just putting, getting advice from people that I know. And, and As and when you need it. Exactly. What's next for Detox Kitchen? So um, 
we're actually about to launch a completely new company which is very exciting um, and again that so that's completely that's an e-commerce business again um, but it all kind of comes into my how do I get more people to eat healthy food so this is a subscription business um, we're delivering six meals a week in one go um, and it's for families for um, couples for single people for everyone um, hopefully it's a product that we can take nationwide um, wow. it's a bit more math I'm market, in, I I'm in. Where, yeah. where and when can I sign Yeah, up? it's really, I'm so excited about the product, actually. I think um, the idea was sort of born from me needing the product. Um, you know, I get home late. Um, I need to feed the kids immediately. I don't have half an hour to spend cooking, unfortunately. So, you know, I've been just stealing food from the kitchen. Um, and so... <laughs> Is it stealing if you're in the business? Yeah. No, it's not stealing. <laughs> um, yeah, and so that, that's why the idea came, because I would literally take food from our kitchen, shove it all in my fridge, and know that there was just food there when I came home. Um, so I was like, oh, this is quite cool. Maybe we should actually do this. And so we're launching that in April, which is very exciting. I think, I don't know for you as a mother, but I'm, I eat pretty healthily, actually, um, especially when I'm at home. I make a real effort to. And my children don't eat unhealthily, but I definitely have the, don't have the same rules for them. Yeah. But equally, I don't want them to grow up with food hang-ups. Yeah. So it's sort of difficult to get right. And I have a nanny that cooks, but she's not a sort of trained, healthy chef. And I sometimes think... Oh, God, I wish there was something that I could eat that they could eat that yeah. sort of ticked all the boxes. But anyway, all those things that I'm sure you're going to do. But anyway, I, I, as I said, I am there. I think yeah. it's brilliant. What's it going to cost? Hopefully, if um, the plan is for it to cost £36 for six dishes. Wow. Which is definitely affordable, I hope. Um, but we're just in the process of kind of working out our margins at the moment. So we'll see where we can get to. But the idea is we make it as affordable as, as possible. Amazing. And the long-term plan? Do you have a long-term plan? Can um, you see beyond Yeah, I kind of, delivery? I definitely look probably three years ahead, I suppose, to see where, where we can be. I think the long-term plan for me is to be in a position where I can probably spend a bit more time with my children, but have a business that um, that is growing um, and feeding as many people as possible. So... Yeah, I'm kind of putting the wheels in motion at the moment. I'm really excited about the new product. Um, I'm really excited for the future of Detox Kitchen as a whole. Um, excited for the delivery side of it. I think there'll probably be another book. Um, maybe kind of family-orientated meals. Um, yeah, and kind of, yeah, I think we're in a really good place at the moment and we've got exciting times ahead, so. Gosh, well, it's palpable. Lily, I loved that. What an interesting story. What an amazing brand you've created. Thank you oh, thank so you. much Thanks. for being with us today. <laughs> So that's it for this week. If you enjoyed that, then do please rate, review and subscribe on iTunes. It really does help other people find our podcast. And if you have any feedback, then do email podcast at sharedarks.com. See you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.